even when I went to camp and then my counselors were playing those songs as a seven, eight year old, I knew all the words and they were very impressed. And we went out drinking afterwards. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music, and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is a great episode that we got planned for you to listen to. Um, first of all, my name is Tyler. Somewhere out there in the ether <laughs> is Jeff. Hundreds of miles away. Maybe even in the past. Honestly, you never know. You never know. But yeah, this is Asinine Radio. Um Go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media, Ask on iRadio. Uh, we're getting into the Green Day album, Dookie. But before we do that, we are going to take all of their albums, all 13 of their albums, and we're going to rank them. And we're going to give our our biggest banger from every album. And then we're probably going to fight about it because, yeah. honestly, Jeff is going to be fucking wrong like he normally is. So let's just jump right into the rankings. <laughs> and um, what do you got? For number 13, Jeff. Number 13, their worst album. Which again, yes. even Green Day, like for the most part, doesn't really have like through and through an album that if it came on, I would be pissed if I had to listen to it from front to back. I got two albums that that I, can't I do even, not ever want to listen to front to back again. But like if but like but if you're but on like a road trip and someone's like, Hey, do you listen to this album? I'd be like, Okay, I'll 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 sit through this one. But the one I'd be most upset is their worst album, and that is Trey. Really? That low, huh? Yeah, this album. So, like, reading huh. more about Uno Do and Trey, and the, this was supposed to be, like, a combination of everything they've done, but kind of, like, put into this anthemic setting that will rock arenas. Yeah. But then, like, BJA, Billy Joe Armstrong, that's what I'm going to call him now, BJA <laughs> going through this whole, like, rehab thing and this addiction, and it's just, this album was fucking garbage, dude. This album was pretty bad. Wow! If I had to pick something, the, the, my 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 least two favorite <laughs> albums, I'm gonna twist my arm to pick one. But if I had to pick one, I would think it'd be like Amanda. That one kind of okay. had me toe tapping a little bit. But overall, I, mean, I just really didn't even want to pick a, a favorite song from this one. <laughs> All right, man. I mean, that's fucking wrong because it's not their worst. It is for sure their worst. Honestly, their worst record is. Uh, their newest one, Father, you're, Father of All Motherfuckers. It. You're crazy, dude. That's this it. album you're is done. not good, dude. Where okay, I went in. I, I went into listening to it, and I'm like, okay, it, it can't be as bad as I had originally thought. Because I mean, I I give it the benefit of the doubt because you you were enjoying it so much, but I just it just it sucks, man. It it's a bad album. Thank God it's short. Uh, it's just it. They, they they try to act like they're they're full of energy and they're young, but 
they're neither of those things and it just it really shows it just shows that a band is trying way too hard no and i don't like it no you're but stupid <laughs> <laughs> uh but if i had to pick a song it would have been it would be father of all the title the first song just because it shocked me so much when i first heard it because i didn't know it was green day because it was so wildly different but then that wore off really fast very very fast so, that's their worst album so what do you got for number 12 jeff as much as i like to whoa as as much as i would like to sit here and yell at you some more <laughs> i don't think there's enough words in the english language for me to properly do it to get through to you that you're so fucking wrong on that ranking it's it, that's fine you could be you could be wrong too it makes you want to barf like i feel like barfing <laughs> Their second to worst, their number 12, is Revolution Radio. This one's pretty... This one's actually kind of more... More bad? This one's worse than Trey. What? Wait, it's worse than Trey, but you ranked it higher than Trey. Just because this one had more songs on it that were just kind of okay. Every song on Trey was kind of just bad. But some of the songs on Revolution Radio were almost as bad as 21 Guns. Just like god-awful. There was nothing on trade that was like mind-blowingly bad. There are things on Revolution Radio that are mind-blowingly bad, but yeah, this one's this one this one is their sad attempt at like a reignition of their career. This is the album. It's it's so dumb. It's so pathetic. And coming off of their their last album prior to this, and then coming into this, thinking like, hey, let's try and like reignite our career by taking all that we've done, and then trying to be punk rock still. And this. It was so sad and it was so pathetic. I don't want to talk about it anymore. But I'm not even gonna pick a favorite song because No, you gotta pick a favorite. You picked one for Trey, you gotta pick no, one. No, I'm not gonna pick a favorite song. What I'm going to do don't is I'm gonna stupid. do the opposite of a favorite song and talk about how stupid and shitty ordinary world is. Because that song is arguably like top this is top three bad Green Day for sure. Their worst song is Twenty One Guns. I'm just gonna spoiler that one out. But Twenty One Guns isn't on I know, but that is their worst song oh. they've ever done. Ordinary World, though, that is like top three of their worst songs they've ever done. This is like a ripoff of that Hey There Delilah song, and it like bothers me. It's so shitty. And they add in like the faint harms in the back and like the little mm. slide guitar, and they try to like layer this into being something more than it is. And if you're going to do an acoustic thing, then just like why not? First of all, you can't ever beat like Good Riddance, right? You can't ever beat Time yeah. of Your Life. For for a band to come out with that song, I mean, that, th- there's no way you can top that. It's just not going to happen. The only other option you have is to just kind of go like the FOD route, just do something a little bit silly and kind of blend it into like a rock music or song. And this this one just really hit the mark. I mean, Ordinary World just really bothered me, really made me mad. <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's fantastic. This uh, my my number twelve. It's probably gonna piss a lot of people off. It's probably gonna piss you off, dude. If you say fucking American idiot, I'm done with you. It's really gonna make you mad, but it's uh, it's Dookie. What? No, that's that's false. It's I American know. idiot. It, it totally is false. You you got me for a second there. Like my <laughs> heart, know. my heart literally dropped. Like I felt like my heart go into my stomach, and my mind was going a mile a minute uh. trying to process. Like, wait, does he really think that? <laughs> Did I miss something? Oh, the silence was so good. <laughs> that silence was perfect. But you only did that silence because I know you're going to say American Idiots. You oh, li- absolutely. You it's American the Idiot. Mood. I, I know what oh, you yeah. do, Tyler. You it's American the mood. Idiot. I'm still for mad. Sure. I'm still pissed. <laughs> American, okay, so 
I, I haven't listened to, listened to this album in years. I never really liked it. I liked a few songs here and there, but I never really liked it. Yeah, just listening through it, it's just so full of itself, and it's just, it's really gross, and it just sounds like really bad high school theater music, and it's very embarrassing. Like, just thinking of that era of the band, too, just the way they looked and how they presented themselves as a band, it was just so embarrassing. Like, I mean, it worked for them because they made a ton of money from it because they really catered to, like, 13, 14-year-olds, but fuck man is it embarrassing especially at their age you know it's just like after doing so many great things and then come up with that but i don't know but the two songs that i mean i think are just are are good are the title track american idiot and uh saint jimmy but what's really annoying about this album on spotify is that they pair them up they paired them up and it's fucking awful it's kind of weird, and yeah. It doesn't make any sense because none of the songs bleed together. Not even the song that's supposed to bleed into into itself but Jesus doesn't even do that. One? Yeah, that song is a fucking shit show of a song. That song is awful. Oh, it's so gross. This this whole album is so embarrassing. I I I do not like this album. I'm sorry. It's just it's okay. not good. Well, Tyler's it's punk so side because coming out here of uh, hating something that's popular, but okay. <laughs> no, it's not. we can move on though. Oh, you're dumb. Okay, continue. We can move on to number 11. Number 11, their third worst, is uh, Uno. Oh, I think you're going to say American Idiot. <laughs> no, you're, you're going to be so mad at some of my, my, my more yeah, higher you're, idiot. you're already dumb. <laughs> Uno. Uno's next for me. It's just, I'm like, from the get-go, dude, right when I heard this, I was like, dude, we fucking just heard this shit from American Idiot in the 21st century. Stop. I get it, man. Like, I, I gave you guys props for American Idiot. Give you a little bit of props for 21st century, but stop. I did like the song Let Yourself Go, but that mm-hmm. was mostly because I just like the repeating of that lyric over and over and over. That's always fun. <laughs> That's always fun to like chant at a show and just keep saying it over and over. Kind of kind of like a pre-warning Green Day. They just okay. took something and ran with it. Took something kind of fun, kind of goofy, kind of silly and ran with it. I dig it. It's your number 11. All right, that's fine. Well, my number 11 is uh, it's the first of the trio, and uh, that's Dose. Which made no sense. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But yeah, Dose is number 11. Uh, it's just, like you said, the, the, these uh, these albums are just, they're kind of just there. Like, they're not bad albums. They're just mediocre Green Day. There's really There aren't really any stinkers, I feel like. Maybe like a couple here and there, but nothing that would can just make the whole album a stinker but um was that yeah, one Dose released before 11. uno or are you saying this is yeah. the first one that you hate well, out d- of the d- three this is yeah this is the worst out of the that, okay, that gotcha. trio and uh and the best song on this one is make out party i thought that was a that's a solid song okay definitely a solid song but yeah that's all i really got to say about dose it's it's forgettable these these three are are forgettable fucking guys but not because they're bad what no that's okay <clears throat> Continue. Uh, next one. So that's what number ten. Mm-hmm. Top ten oh, here, um, baby. Yeah, we're in the top ten now. Yeah. Um, dose. Dose. Okay, yeah. This there was, you go. Th- this was supposed. You've to got be, it all done. This was supposed to be their like Foxborough <laughs> Hot Tubs sounding record, and they're supposed to expand on that. And it does. It, it does sound like that. It, it achieves what it set out to do, but it's like forty fucking minutes of the same song, and okay. it's just lazy and just boring. But Lazy Bones was the only one that I could kind of get behind. 
But even mm-hmm. that was just like meh. And it was only because the drumming was kind of fun. And some of the stuff Cool does in that song was kind of cool. But I mean, I, I didn't add that to a playlist. So, so it doesn't it doesn't count if it does, if you don't add it. No, I mean, I don't think I added anything from the, my bottom four to a playlist. All right. Well, this is where I mean you're already mad at me, but this is where you're gonna get extra mad. So. <sighs> Honestly, these rankings, they are very different than what I thought they were going to be, especially my top like five. Like that, that changed a lot for me. Um, but anyway, my number 10 is 39 Smooth. Um, it's a good album. It's a, it's a really good album, but it's just like, it's the same thing over and over and over again. But it, it doesn't have like much of a punch. There's not like a lot there. It's just like, just kind of straightforward what you'd expect, like punk rock of that time. But my favorite song on there, if I had to choose one, it'd be Disappearing Boy. It's my number 10. Okay. Can't argue too much with that. My number nine is 39 Smooth. There you go. Again, just like what you said, this is very this is very basic. This is very basic Beezy. It's fun to hear where it all began. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to put this on a list and listen to this first. And then kind of like, dude, it was such a wild ride with Green. Listening to their entire discography from front to back. There yeah. were so many just like, what the fuck? Like, how, where do we end up here? And then if you just play like 39... <laughs> how did you end up at Father of All? Movies? Yes, if you played 39 <laughs> Smooth and then just like immediately skipped a Father of All, it's just like, what the fuck? When did this happen? But yeah. you hear it like throughout their discography, the, throughout their career, you hear little tidbits here and there. And it was kind of fun. I had I, I did have a good time listening to all of their albums, I will say. But 39 Smooth is, is, is the next one for me. It's very raw, very basic, still punk. Not bad for a debut album. The drumming here is is kind of mad to me. Yeah, but that's well, it didn't have Trey. Right, Trey wasn't in the band. That's yet. because I don't like that traditional style of drumming that he was doing. The kind of the fat, the fast hi hat usage and the traditional punk style. Very similar to why I don't think uh, Scott Rayner's that great because he does kind of the same thing a whole <laughs> hell of a lot faster than than this Jason guy can do it. Or yeah. uh, is that his name Jason Cl- I think Cliff Jason Cliffhanger? Killmeister, like that. yeah, Jason Killmeister. Killmeister. But um, going to going to Pasalacqua, going to Pasalacqua, okay. something like that. Sounds that. about right. Yeah, yeah. I, I just love that cool like vocal thing intro that he does there. Here we go again. <laughs> it's very annoying. Like Billy Joe has has some really iconic intros, right? We'll get yeah. about it. We'll get into it more later with Dookie, but he has some really cool iconic vocal intros, and I really like that about him. Yeah, sometimes. I, I don't know. Sometimes it, it kind of takes away from the song for me. But yeah, whatever. All right. Uh, that was your number nine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So mine is uh, Trey, the third of the that that trio. And um, it's better than Dose. <laughs> I don't know, but barely, I guess. I just had a little bit more fun listening to this one. Uh, but my favorite off this one is Missing You. I think it's the second song. Uh, it's the only one that I felt like that had the most kind of like catchy element to it. Um, but it was still kind of fast. So yeah, that's my number nine. Nothing really more to say about, about that album, to be honest. So I did, I did make a Green Day playlist as I, as I was listening to their, their discography, I just kind of threw a bunch of songs on the playlist. Did Mm -hmm. anything, if you were to make a playlist, you know, one song per album, five songs, whatever you want to do, would any of the songs from Uno Del or Trey make it onto your playlist? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's only one though. Only one. Oh, song okay. So okay. So it wasn't that much. Gotcha. <laughs> no, it was just only one song, which I, I, I have put it on playlist before. So, okay. but we'll get it. We'll get into that. Okay. Next one up for me is uh, number eight, and that is Twenty First Century Breakdown. 
that's high. I, I didn't expect it to be that high for you. This one ain't bad. It's not as bad as I thought, even though it has their worst song ever in 21 Guns. It's just, that song makes you want to throw up. Terrible. But this one ain't bad. I mean, it's not that good. The title track, I think, is fucking solid. I think 21st Century Breakdown, the, the song, I think it's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. And this album, taken into context of American Idiot, this is a cool follow-up album. It's conceptually cool. It's fun. It kind of kind of goes inside, even though you hate that whole concept of that era of Green Day. It, it, it goes along with it. It follows American Idiot pretty well. Yeah, but it's not as embarrassing. But damn, 21 Guns is bad. Yeah, uh, no, that, that song was easily uh, their worst song ever. It's so awful. Um, uh, eight, number eight for me. Revolution. Oh wait, what, what's your what's your favorite song off this? Oh 20, yeah, song, uh, my, my favorite song is Christians Inferno. Oh, okay, this was kind of like so the first time you all you also heard uh, like that sort of indie sound that we'll kind of get to later on in Green Day. Even though the Foxborough Hot Tubs was like years prior to this, this was the first mm-hmm. time we heard Green Day do that sound and put it on an album, and it was cool to listen to. Um, mm-hmm. But that song rocks. That song's fucking cool. That song made it yeah. onto my playlist. <laughs> Look at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, number eight for me is Revolution Radio. Uh, I remember when we did this album, like when we first were doing the pod, I liked it a lot more back then, and I thought I would like it more now. But there are just some songs on here that are just straight up bad. But I like how it's... like Billy Joe's voice on this record kind of goes back to how he sounded in the 90s, which I like. It it doesn't sound as theatrical and, and obnoxious as like on American Idiot. So that's kind of why I like this album more than the ones prior. Um, but yeah, there are some some bad ones. But uh, Bang Bang is probably the best song. I think that was like the first single off the record too, right? You're such a cuck. Dude. Fucking Bang Bang. Oh, he grossed me out. You made me want to barf. <laughs> American Idiot makes me want to barf. That that album sucks, Your dude. rankings are 21 Guns. That's what your rankings are to You're me. You're an idiot. That's, that's, that's what they are. <laughs> All right, what's your number seven? My number seven is Father of All. Father of All motherfuckers. Oh, God, why is that so high? This album works for me, man. It works it. for me because unlike Dose that tried to do this, it's the vocal delivery, the vocal style that he does matches the music. And Dose, it was they tried to throw that music in with the classic Billy Joe Dookie lyrics and vocal style, and it was just fucking stupid. This was just a full-on... Full sales ahead attempt at a new sound, which they achieved. It was done. Like you said, had you not known this was Green Day, this could have been fucking like any kind of weird resurgence of a band. This could have been the Hives for all we know. Who knows? There are yeah, some but a band like the Hives, it. but a band like the Hives, they get old really quick. True, but that's why this album's only like twenty-two minutes, twenty-four minutes, something like that. Yeah, but uh, Fire Ready Aim, I think that's a good one. But my favorite on this one is Stab You in the Heart. That is a perfect matchup of 50s like music and like the surf and the rockabilly thing with punk rock. Absolutely fantastic. Great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he said that like, like I, I need a drink before I just lay into this fucking guy. <laughs> that's, that's what that sip sounded like. <laughs> I mean, you're so... I, I can't even like... I don't even have a rebuttal to that because so that, it's just like... So, so that sip was, why wow, I'm so irritated. I think you're such a <laughs> fucking idiot that I need to take a drink before I even reply. 
I need to compose exactly. myself. <laughs> like I can't even. I just I don't that understand why you like this album. That was a good. Sip. I just, it was a great sip. It tasted delicious, and it really you know drove home the point that this album sucks and that you're wrong. Um, I I can't even say anything more about that stupid album. <laughs> it's so bad, dude. It's so bad. Um, so I'm just gonna move on to seven, which is a better album than Father of All, and that's Uno. Uno's not a bad record. It it has some good stuff on it. And the thing that kind of sucks about Dos and Trey is that those were essentially like the B-sides that from Uno, you know? It's just like, it's the leftovers from it. And Uno is just a better record out of those three. And Let Yourself Go is a fucking, it's an amazing song. It's so much fun. And this is the song that I was telling you about from that, that I I put on playlist because it's, it's a f- fine song. We just, we've heard this sound before, twice. It sounds good. Ugh, so get over it. You guys are pushing Ugh. the boundaries. Push them. No, they've they've never pushed boundaries ever. Oof, I don't know they've about that. They've never pushed. Boundaries. I don't know about that. Ah, oh, they're so vanilla sometimes. But uh, what, what's your number six? Uh, number six. Now we're getting into the realm of every. I mean, even like for me, Father of All, and then Twenty First Century, even Thirty Nine Smooth. I could listen to front to back and not be upset about it. Mm-hmm. But now we're getting into where I'm excited to listen to these albums. Yes. And for me, what All is kind of number shit. six? Number six for me is Kerplunk. That low, huh? Why yeah. is American Idiot so high for you? I swear to God, what is wrong with you? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Because you haven't said it yet, so this is like the opposite. Like, like usually I wait for you to say an album that I like, and I that all I focus on is whenever <laughs> you don't say that album. No, <laughs> I can't believe you put Kerplunk lower than American Idiot. That's just so dumb. I mean, it's cool, dude. Like, Kerplunk is solid, man. The step uh, up here from 39 Smooth is is just, it's mind-blowing. There's more harms here. The melodies are stronger. The drumming is exponentially better. It's so, I love Trey Cool's drumming. Yeah. My favorite song on this one is, uh, it's, it's Dominated Love Slave, man. I just. <laughs> That's a fucking fun I song. I just, I can't get over just how fun that is and how cool Green Day used to be and just how much they, they've matured up until a point and then after that point, which is pretty much American Idiot, they just stopped being uh, fun. They weren't even fun on American Idiot. I know. Like, like no, that's what that's I'm saying. That's when they like, stopped being fun. American Idiot was the album that they, they were no longer fun in. Yeah. Which is so weird because, I mean, we'll talk more about their live shows and everything about their persona. But, dude, Dominic Love Slave is just like a fun, fun song. And uh, other, other than that one, though, This Week 80 also got to me. It's got that cool, like, mm-hmm. classic, like, p- panicky feel to it and cools drumming and... Just a relentless baseline from Dirt. Just I, I've Kerplunk's solid, man. Kerplunk's really fucking good. It is. It really is. All right, number six for me. This one really shocked me. Like it, it truly, truly shocked me. So scared. <laughs> I just, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Just fucking just like, say it. And just how surprised I was, you know. God. I, I and it's, uh, it's the album Twenty First Century Breakdown. Oh, like oh yeah, is, you haven't said that one yet either. This okay. is like the right. one album that I... Yeah, that is weird. That I, I just, I never, I, I listened to a couple times when it came out and I just thought it was just so bad and I obviously 21 Guns is the worst song they've ever written. And I just, I I never really went back to it and I just, I hated it. I just, I always considered this the worst album that they had ever done until this week and I was just kind of like, wow, almost every song on here is fucking good. And they tend to do on this album, they, they kind of like mix it up. They throw in different elements and they throw in different kind of styles, but it really works well and it flows with the rest of the album. And the the one song that really stood out to me and 
and it's gonna go on playlist now too is a uh, peacemaker like that that fun kind of like acoustic kind of oh, weird yeah. that jam was, thing yeah, that, that they was do. not bad that's a great song peacemaker is a fantastic song so and and like you said too the, the actual title track 21st century breakdown that's a really really good song uh the christian was a christian inferno yeah christian's that inferno. one that one's really good too so yeah it, it it's a pretty solid record and i cannot believe how high this this made it this climbed up my rankings but i can't believe this is higher than american idiot i feel like you have this, Dude, it's uh, this way unresolved american idiot. issue with american because idiot. american idiot is not good and i don't i it's so insane that people continue to say that it's good it is not a good record it is so it is so just like run-of-the-mill vanilla political statements their image was disgusting the songs themselves are really just oh they're awful they're not good songs they're just like I said, they're high, it's high school theater music. It's just not good. And what makes what makes American Idiot even worse is that they did a Broadway play based off of it. Makes it like a million times worse. So that's that that, that okay. Yeah. So what's your number five? It better be fucking American Idiot. Number five is ass. Warning. <laughs> <laughs> this one. Uh, You're such a. Cock, man. Dude, Warning's good, like through and through. It's 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 a good album, solid, solid, solid album. I like the direction they were kind of going in. They further departed from that iconic sound, but kind of cemented themselves as not just a punk rock act of the '90s. They were more than that, and I get it. It was it was fine. Everything was good. It was it was there, there were stronger melodies. Some of the strongest melodies we've heard from Green Day up until this point, and then since then too. And they almost kind of have they like achieve this weird like folky sound on some of these tracks, mm-hmm. but uh, I I can't get over blood sex and booze. That's just uh, that's like always been my favorite song. That's a and it's still song. my favorite song. It's just too good. Like I, when we do these rankings, I try and pick like a newer song that I've had you know maybe not like a like a great relationship with, and I I, I pick a new song that I I've found out again. And I say hey this song is really good because I like it, but blood sex and booze man that's it's just it's a banger. I love I love Trey Cool's drumming in that one. Great album, man. Good choice. But um you should have put American Idiot lower. Uh number five for me, this is kind of where it gets exciting for me. This the these rankings in the top five for me are just I can't believe that they've changed this much. But number five for me is shenanigans. We we're not putting shenanigans in there. Oh. Well, I know, I'm just kidding. It's not my number five. But if I, if I had to put it somewhere in this You're list, you such be a butt, dude. If I had to put Shenanigans somewhere, which I think we should have added it. No, um, it's not an album. But I think we should have added it, and it would have been at this spot. And my my favorite song from that is Desensitized. So there you go. But anyway, my my real number five. I just wanted to get that out there. My real number five is uh, Kerplunk. Um, it's a. Uh, I think this sh- this should have been the start of the band. I feel like. 39 smooth is for what it is it's it's fun but kerplunk is really where green day starts for me and um and it's just a solid punk rock record and with some great melodies and great tunes and my favorite song off this one is android easily android is the best one dominated love slave is really good too but android's a great great song and the cover of my generation awesome even though you hate covers okay first of all 
Shenanigans should not have been included on this list. It is <laughs> a just been like while I was talking, you just were like stewing. Yeah, dude, the ire. I, I could not. I didn't even know what you said. I, what was your favorite song? I have no idea. Shenanigans. Shenanigans should not be on this list. It is not an album. When it's you, not. When you construct albums, you construct them based on on various <laughs> factors. You know, producers are, are involved. Mixers, engineers, shenanigans being a comp album where a bunch of songs were released like years and years prior to that, just thrown together. There's no rhyme or reason to it. You're just throwing a bunch of songs on something to sell it. I get it. That's fine. That's not an album. There's no there's no thought process behind the tracking or anything like that. It is a comp. It should not be in this on this list. I don't know why you said it. Should it needed to be said. Even said it. it did not need it to be needed said. needed to be said. Then why, then why didn't you put their their other fucking the the, the uh, demolicious? With all the bullshit yeah, demo demos. songs. With all the bullshit demo songs from Uno, <laughs> Dos, and Threes. <laughs> I will say, though, that Uno, Dos, Trace, that is a really fucking cool one, two, three punch names for albums. Yeah. Too bad they it, it was a great idea. And the, the cover, art, cover art for those uh, albums are really fun, too. Yeah. And you know what's weird? The Quattro album is on Spotify. Was that like a, like a real album, or was that just like a comp? I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure it was a live. It was a live album, and then it had Jason White's face on it. Because at that time, Jason White was in the band. Right, he was a member. So, and I think it was just a live album. Okay, but, but I don't think it's on Spotify at all. It's it's not. definitely not on Spotify. But yeah. I thought that one was just yeah. I I didn't think that was like an actual album album. I thought that I thought was. It, I think it is. I don't know. I don't know. I'll double check because it because it, it matters. But okay, now we're. But in the yeah, top Shenanigans four is a sick album. Not, it's, but, uh, it's not an album, but it's it's, it's it a is. sitcom. There are a lot of great songs in Shenanigans. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I think great Shenanigans is, is a great comp. It's a solid comp, and it needed to be noted if we were doing a comp section, which we're not. But that's fine. Um, my number four album, we're top four here. <laughs> the final four, as it were, in March Madness, is American Idiot. Fucking finally, dude. American but I Idiot. I cannot believe you put this above warning. That is... It's just a fucking stupid thing to do. <laughs> but they actually went back and forth quite a bit. And the moment I chose to finally put this above American Idiot, I like I chuckled to myself out loud. Good. Because I know how upset <sighs> you would be. It's so dumb. But um, dude, this album is perfectly crafted. This is this is a beautiful album. It's well thought out. The songs here are perfectly placed. And every single song on here is 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 almost I want to say perfect, but in the context of the album, they are perfect, even though I don't like all of the songs here. Mm-hmm. But every song on here is not bad. Even when September ends, that song is not bad. Again, I don't listen to the radio a whole lot, if ever. And so mm-hmm. I haven't heard that song in a very, in many, many moons. It's not that good of a song. But I didn't, I didn't hate it. I was like, okay, this is not a bad song. It's kind of cool. I dig it. But just like you, I think St. Jimmy was, was my favorite one. It's, it's just it's it's a damn good song. It's slow and poppy, fast and punk, and even has kind of like that fifties esque with solid harms going on in there. Mm-hmm. American Idiot, man, number four. You know what song is almost as bad as Twenty One Guns? Like it's almost there. What is uh, Boulevard of Broken Dreams? That song is really bad. That song is awful. You know that song too. Even that one. Like that song. Oh, don't even say it. Don't even. Why are you doing this? <laughs> I I. <laughs> I wish I do wish that song wasn't so much pomp and circumstance and was stripped down more because the melody is there. And if it wasn't for that stupid like delayed reverbed guitar oh, thing so in the gross. beginning, 
I think that's that's what makes this song a little bit too much. Is there's, there's too much going on when they should have just kind of like stripped it down and not made it like an acoustic song, but maybe like a blend of acoustic electric, like FOD we're gonna do later on in Dookie. I think they could have done that song better, but it's it's still it's I don't think it's bad. All right, man. All right. Well, I, I did look it up, and the Quattro thing, it's actually a um, a documentary on the oh, band. Okay. So that's what it was. It wasn't an actual live album. It was a documentary. So there you go. Figured that one out. Uh, number four for me. This one was the biggest shock for me. Um, I've always considered this my favorite Green Day record. Uh, and I can't believe after all of this, it, it's dropped to my number four. So this is, this is, this is Insomniac. This is Insomniac, yeah. yeah. It's just shocking. Like I've always... It's had such a special place for me, and I don't know what it is, man. The the next three just really did it for me, and I mean, Somniac is a perfect record. There's nothing wrong with this album. I can't believe it's you're just, putting Nimrod so high. I'm, hey, I'm just That's, as shocked I'm, as you. I'm blown away. <laughs> I'm just as shocked as you. Uh, but my, my favorite song, and actually my favorite Green Day song is on Insomniac, and that's Jaded. Jaded's always been my favorite Green Day song. I, I, think, it's, I think it's the perfect song for this band. Do you it, find it, that, that that song is increased in value, decreased, or does not make a difference if it's followed up by Brain Stew? To me, it doesn't make a difference, but it's fun to have that kind of relief after what you hear in Brain Stew, because Brain Stew just kind of like trudges along very, very slowly. So when you hear Jaded right after it, it's a nice, like, freeing moment that just makes the song. I don't want to say, I don't want to say better, because it doesn't make it better. It just gives it a different, I guess, vibe. Do you think Jaded but, makes Brain Stew better? No. I don't think either of the songs need each other, but it is nice to hear Jaded right after Brain okay. Stew. So that's my number four. Shocking me. Yeah. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm, I mean, I'm not shocked that that's your number four. I'm just shocked that Nimrod is still in your top three. <laughs> that's what I'm I'm blown away by. And American Idiot is right. probably your second favorite. Dude, American Idiot. <laughs> <sighs> okay, what's your number three? Number three for me is Nimrod. Nimrod, huh? Yeah, Nimrod. Nimrod, huh? Nimrod, huh? Nimrod, huh? This, uh, this album can be pretty poppy, and this is Green Day starting <laughs> their transition into that realm. But, uh, dude, some songs still bring it, like, hard. Like, Platypus. Platypus. Platypus Rex. Platymir Putin, as Sloan calls him. Platymir Putin. Does he really know? He does. He does, still to this day, after being corrected numerous times. Platymir Putin. No, why? I swear to you, dude. Because he, well, I mean, first of all, he looks like him, so it comes up all the time. <laughs> and so he's, he's, oh yeah. People always say you look like uh, what's the guy's name from? Uh, oh, Vladimir Putin. Oh no. Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> but yeah, Nimrod, uh, Platypus, I hate you. That uh, song is fast, aggressive, snotty. It's fun. It's mm-hmm. everything that it's that's great about Green Day. The only reason why Nimrod kind of kind of upsets me a little bit is because of songs like that it's placed like it, it's following uptight and that's just like that's kind of weird what? right the, well the, the, the pacing of it well just the way you went hmm? <laughs> like it just doesn't make any sense to me like why why are you why are you doing this like why are you putting like the arguably the fastest track on the album in between uptight and then worry rock right like worry rock precedes it and that's almost like the poppiest song on this album. 
Mm-hmm. And then you go into this like just disgusting, gnarly, really fast. Oh, motherfucker, I hate you! Like it's it's so good. Like Platypus is so good. It is. And then it's Uptight comes next, and then again, that's a very poppy song. I just, I, I I don't get that kind of pacing because they could have put they they could have put it elsewhere, and even after Uptight, Last Ride In, mm-hmm. like if you really wanted to make a statement, you could have put Last Ride In before Platypus, similarly to like Brain Two and then Jaded. You could have put something super slow and then going into the fastest, hardest song on the album. That would have been great. So yeah. Nimrod, Nimrod kind of goes down for me because of the poppiness and because of like the sequencing of the tracks. Number three. Number three for me. This is a tough one. This is, I mean, I've, all this, this, t- this top four has been so rough. It's been a rough week. Let's just say that. Number three for me is uh, Warning. Whoa, that's so, yeah. I thought Warning would be number one. Warning has always it's always been like so Nimrod's number two. I think maybe, <laughs> but uh, I think the last time we ranked the the Green Day albums, which was like a year ago, I think it was like Insomniac was number one, and then Warning was two, and then Dookie was three, and then you yelled at me. Um, but yeah, n- number three right now is, is Warning. It's I mean I fucking love this record, and I'm a lot of people just disregard this record and think it's just kind of like it's bad green day and this is the kind of the end of end of an era for the band but they were doing something really cool and very different than what was going on in rock and they were doing it really well and it was very snotty and it was very dirty and gross but it were they did it they pulled it off so well and it still has a lot of elements that are very pop punk and very poppy that album's all over the place but for some reason it, it sounds so good together they really like I I don't want to use this term, but like they caught lightning in a bottle. Like, I should never I should never use that term again because that's that sounded really disgusting. If you so, out of all the albums, we, just think of all of the albums we've ever done in this podcast. This is yeah. the album that you use that term with. I know, right? It's weird. Is that is that how you want to go down in history? No, I don't. I I I, I retract that saying. Okay. Because I I fucking hate that saying. Oh, it's so gross. Why do they say that? That that saying is like worse than American. We just did Van Halen's debut album, and you didn't even use that saying. I know. (laughs) Oh, Van Halen's so good. That's all I've been listening to all week is Van Halen. You have no idea how much fucking Van Halen I've listened to this week. It's insane. But anyway, warning. Best song on the record, Castaway. I love Castaway. It has a really fun guitar riff. Uh, The chorus is super catchy. The melody is great. I I love it. Great song. My favorite song part of Castaway, because I think that is easily one of like Greeny's best songs, but my favorite part of Castaway is during that chorus part, is when he says, Lost and Found, like that little slow down part. That part is so yeah. good. And then it goes right back into the little dooch, dooch, really fast part. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. man, that gives me every time. Love it. Minority is a close, is a close second. Minority is close Maybe. because it's so iconic. I remember, I remember when that fucking video came out. Like, oh, I, I love that video. I remember watching MTV and I remember that video. And it was so cool. I remember that girl with like the blacked out like mascara or I whatever yeah. she got going on. Like that was for some reason that always like resonated with me. That always stuck with me. And like you know, even though this band is kind of going into being like a pop act and similar to like Oasis or something, they still kind of like keep that keep that little edge. And that that girl's just like super. She does not look like she even wants to fucking be there. No, she looks miserable. Like she, they're paying her just to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that has always just stuck with me. It's the most. Like my favorite part of that video. That's great. Great stuff. Okay. So what do you got for number two? Number two, their second best album, Dookie. Wow. What's going on with you, man? Go. 
Number two for you. Oh, yeah. We'll when, you're not going to talk about Dookie. Number two for me uh, is Nimrod. Wow. Nimrod, Nimrod didn't break my number one. Uh, I can't believe it's my it's that as high as it was. It's Nimrod's always been at the lowest point out of the '90s, well, outside of Kerplunk, but out of like you know those four records, Nimrod's always been my least favorite. But I love it. I love the record. I love it so much. But there was something about this week. I just, I think just like the kind of how the album goes all over the place, and they were trying new things, like with uh, King for a Day, and <clears throat> the fast stuff is just really good, and the melodies are are amazing, and the one song that I rediscovered, I forgot how great it was, is uh, Hashinka. It's like later on the album too. It's so it good. Is, it's so unexpected. And it, I, to me, I think it's the catchiest song on the entire album. But it's nobody ever talks about it. It's a forgotten song and I don't know why. It's easily the best song on this album. Because 100% it's, it's, the best it's song. It's so late in the album and it's, again, it's after, you know, their, their, fat, their heart is platypus. It's after Last Right In. And so you're kind of in that that realm of all these songs like you know these songs you know hashinka you know like take back you know i think even like jinx is over in that area like you know these yeah. songs but you don't know the names of them because you know that later on you're going to listen to king for a day followed by good riddance mm-hmm. and even though i've yeah. heard good riddance a billion times maybe even a, a gazillion maybe even a trillion like <laughs> that song's still good but like nimrod and it's Nimrod's something else, man. Nimrod's something special. I think the only reason why this song, this album has has reached the lim- this limit is that is because of me rediscovering this song. I think it it's solely down to this song, but I'd say give it like maybe a month and it'll probably drop down again. I was just I forgot how and I was just blown away again by how great this song is. I think it's a perfect Green Day song. I think next time we do Green Day, I'm I'm going to I'm going to lean heavy into doing American Idiot. <sighs> Because we're, we're both so opposite about that album we're now. Very opposite. It's so bad. <laughs> it sucks, dude. All right, well, my number Why'd one. Why'd you bring it up again? Why'd you do my, that? My number one Green Day album is, is Insomniac. This one just hits me better than Dookie does, even though I love Dookie, and I—I I mean, my rankings will show that. But I, it's faster, it's harder, but it also matches the melodies that Dookie had. But they're kind Dookie. of mad Dookie. It's that twelve percenter, man. I just popped open a Corona light too, so we're we're getting crazy. I told you we're gonna get into it. We're getting into it. Oh yeah, we are definitely. We haven't done our rankings yet. We're already getting an hour and a half in this fucking thing. But this thing matches every part of Dookie with with every aspect. Like I just said, it's the melodies, the the it's faster, it's harder. But if I had to just not rank it a three out of three, it's because of Walking Contradiction. I just don't like that song. Don't like it. But that song, it's not a bad song. It's just like surrounded by everything else. I just, fuck, man. If if Walking Contradiction was like a B side or like a Japanese bonus track, this album could be like untouchable. Like, like we could be talking about Insomniac like people talk about Dookie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the last song. Like, you couldn't just do that? Come on, guys. (laughs) Couldn't just cut that song. And the video's even worse. The video's stupid, too. I can't believe, why would they make a video for that song? They make good videos. Or they made good videos. Yeah. Uh, So besides the classics on Insomniac that that we know and love, my new favorite one is Tightwad Hill. Dude, it's so fast, and it's kind of a deep cut, but the way he says Tightwad Hill... He's like the tight wide hill and kind of like, <laughs> like puts his voice all like low like that and comes up. Yeah. It's so gross and it's, 
Oh, I love it. I think it's so. I think it's absolutely perfect. And, and Insomniac is is my favorite. Do is my favorite Green Day album. It's favorite Dookie. I album? think it's their best album, but it's not perfect because of <sighs> Walking Contradiction. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, okay. That doesn't make any sense. You get on my case about that Blink album, the self-titled album. See, I call it a perfect album, but I think the one song is good, but it's not perfect. And you, you and Mike got all over me. On because that it one. can't be perfect if it's not perfect. If someone said, hey, I'm going to strand you on a desert island and you can only have either Dookie or Insomniac, I'm going to choose Insomniac. And then I'm just going to skip Walking Contradiction. But you can't skip Walking Contradiction. Fuck, even if I can't skip it, I'll just like... I don't know. I'll, I'll, Deal with I'll, it. I'll, I'll search for coconuts while, I'm, while that's on and then ignore it. <laughs> that's what I'll do. All right, man. All right. That leaves me with uh, my number one pick. It's Dookie. Do you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once? I am one of those Melodramatic fools Neurotic to the bone No doubt about it Sometimes I give myself the creeps Sometimes my mind plays tricks on me It all keeps adding up I think I'm crazy Green Day was formed in 1987 under the name Sweet Children by Billy Joe Armstrong and Mike Durnt in the East Bay of California. They currently have 13 full-length albums, maybe 14 if you include shenanigans, 11 EPs, one demo album, one soundtrack, four compilations, three three live albums, and have sold well over 85 million copies worldwide. But the album we're doing today... It's called Dookie, and it's the band's third album. It was released February 1st, 1994. It features Billy Joe Armstrong on guitar and vocals, Mike Durnt on bass and backup vocals, and Trey Cool on drums. And it has sold well over 20 million copies worldwide. So there you go. There's some stuffs on Green Day and Dukes. So what do you got, Jeff? What are your first impressions on this one? So, okay, first of all, Shenanigans again. I don't know why you brought that up. It's not an album. <laughs> but going from there, 
<laughs> going from there, uh, my first impressions of Dookie. Uh, my first imp- my first impressions of Dookie was my mom had this album, and uh, I don't know where she got it, but she had the Ernie Sesame Street puppet um, pressing of this album. As maybe we'll get into later, original pressings of this album had Ernie, the the Burton Ernie Sesame Street character. Mm-hmm. They had a puppet of Ernie in the in on the back side of the album, um, like in a mosh pit looking type of thing, and it was really blurry, so you could barely recognize that it's Ernie. But because there's no other Muppet on Earth or a puppet on Earth that's orange with black hair, you knew it was Ernie. <laughs> and so ever since like a child, like like a little kid, man, so like this came out what ninety four, ninety four, yeah. Eight, nine, nine, two, three, four. So we were like seven when it came out. Six, Roughly. seven. Yeah. yeah. Seven. So like as a child, like I, I listened to this album because it was fantastic and I've always loved it. I didn't get into Green Day until Nimrod. And then I went back and re-listened to Insomniac and, and Dookie. So like I didn't appreciate it back then. But I still like Longview, Par- uh, Welcome to Paradise, and then Basket Case like you just played. Those were songs that... Even even when I went to camp and then my counselors were playing those songs as a seven eight year old, I knew all the words and they were very impressed. And we went out drinking afterwards. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, man, like I like Green Days has always been. I grew up listening to Green Day. Like literally every year of my life, I can attribute some type of life event to Green Day. Even like still. Like this year and last year with Father of All Motherfuckers, like every oh, year of my life bring it up. has been several different bands. And Green Day is always one of those staple bands that no matter how garbage they are, no matter how much I hate them, they're always going to be there in like my top bands. And even though like, the, the, like oh, fuck, I'm, I'm getting way too, I'm getting way too ahead of myself here. I'm getting way too excitable. That's fine. Uh, but that, that, that's my first introduction to them was, was uh, my mom buying their, their CD and me listening to it. There you go. If that's what your like question it. was. That that was minutes, my question. 20 minutes ago. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. All right. <laughs> You're such an idiot. You're so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> oh, man. Your theatrics remind me of like Ryan. This is some shit Ryan does. You're, dude. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Take your sip. Yeah, there it is. Take your sip. Oh, that's good. All right. <clears throat> All right, my first impressions. This was the first CD I ever owned. Um, my cousin's a couple years older than me. He got me into a lot of music that I'm still into to this day. And um, Green Day was that first band that he got me into. Uh, we were at my grandma's house or something. like We were somewhere. And he played this album, and he played like Basket Case. And I just, I, I loved it. One, because of the music, and two, because it was my cousin, and I looked up to him because that tends to be what happens. So, so then I begged my mom for it and, you know, eventually I got it for Christmas. So technically this is the first CD I ever got. And I never really went back to Green Day until Nimrod when that album came out. And then I got that album. So I, I skipped over Insomniac and then I went back to Insomniac. Like once I got into like middle school and got more and more into music, but the yeah, Dookie, it was all because of my cousin. Really that that's what it was. I was like seven, eight years old and, or what did we say? Seven years old when this album came out. Yeah, so, roughly. Ish. So yeah, yeah. And this is the first one I got. I remember Christmas morning I opened it up and I was so excited. But yeah, the first one I ever got. And then my second record I ever CD I ever got was Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh. And then third CD. Bringing the heat. <laughs> was was the All That soundtrack? 
Oh, okay, that's a good one. That was a good one. It was a very good soundtrack. And then the fourth one was Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. Okay. So those are my first four CDs. All right. But Green Day, This explains a lot. Also, the first concert I ever went to of my own that I wanted to go to was Green Day with Blink and Jimmy World. That was also my first concert. So Green Day has always been there for me. For like, you know... I've always kind of followed Green Day throughout the years, even through the years that I hated them because of American Idiot. I was still there listening to their old music because American <sighs> Idiot sucks. So there you go. There's my little my little anecdote. So let's get into the uh, do. Oh, do we have any stinkers? No, because there, there I are no not. stinkers. Okay, so we're past that. So let's get into uh, the biggest bangers on this record, or do we want to get into the singles? What should we do first? Um, I mean, we can just do Basket Case because we've already played that. Okay. It's, so uh, this, it's not my favorite, but yeah, we can, we, can, we can talk about it. Okay. This was one of the singles. They made a music video for it. I like the video. Fantastic oh, wow. video. Great video. And they actually filmed it in a, an old decommissioned mental facility. Yes. Mental hospital. The Agnews Developmental Center. Yeah. And according to Trey Cool, it was very creepy. So, so okay, so, like, a couple things about the video, because if, if you don't know what the video is, if, you've, if you watch the video, you'll, you'll think to yourself, oh, I've seen this video. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read somewhere that Mike Durnt was the one who was kind of spearheading the color saturation in the video, because the video was filmed in black and white, and then color was added later on, mm-hmm. but Mike Durnt was the one who was the, like, again, the, the spearheading the color saturation, and, and telling people where to put the color and what type of colors because the colors are very bright vibrant very weird very kind of odd but um the video itself marked the first time that as for me billy joe's blue stratocaster Mm -hmm. that was like the first time we saw that stratocaster that he used for many many years the seafoam green yeah it was like it was it was just very it was very basic. It was very boring, but he had all it those is. stickers all over it. It was the stickers that really stand out. Man, and that was like to me as a child, to me as like an eight year old, I just that that like blew my mind. And I just said, you know what? I want to play guitar. And like that was another there's like several events in my life that made me want to start playing music. Cause I have a family who no like nobody plays fucking music in my family. Nobody was ever interested. I think my dad listened to one band, that was Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> Like like no like I have no musical upbringing whatsoever, yeah. ex- except for like going to camp and my counselors and things like that. But dude, that after seeing him play that guitar and he played it so fucking low, it was yeah, that so was the coolest low. part was how low he played. It was so low that he had to he, like lean over just to get to it because his right arm couldn't reach that far, and instead of just pulling the strap up, he leaned forward. Like how how lazy is that? How stupid. Oh, I love Billy Joe. It's era. so hard to play guitar like that, too. <laughs> it's so it's fucking not cool. Easy. Yeah. But yeah, that hospital, like you said, it was, it was a, a, it's now a, a historical site as of 2007. I wonder if that had anything to do with Green Day's video being filmed there. Could be. But as of like 1997, it's now like a historical site protected and everything. But I was trying to search if there's anything weird going on in that Agnews developmental center, but I didn't find anything, you know, any, any kind of like, Silent Hill or any kind of Texas Chainsaw Massacre weirdness <laughs> to it. It's just like a normal insane asylum. Just, I mean, Which were not normal. Right of the mill. Um, it was in the 60s. It, it did change to cater more so for people with developmental disabilities. 
Mm-hmm. But even that is kind of questionable because of the way we diagnosed mental illnesses as well as developmental disabilities. Who the fuck knows, right? Yeah, I mean, I think what like homosexuality was considered a mental illness until like the late seventies or something. Right, like that. exactly. So, yeah, there you go. But it, but I also read too that they were finding um, like abandoned patient files that kind of showcase what they did to patients there and and scratch oh, like marks on walls yeah like shock yeah. therapy but it, i mean who really fucking knows like, yeah, this is all this could be all hearsay and i i, I don't really know none of that stuff and mm-hmm. um but the but the video is really cool there's a lot of throwbacks to like one flew over the cuckoo's nest this movie called brazil there's a lot of a lot of similarities in there but the song itself is is absolutely fantastic and being probably their most famous or most popular song of all time and the fact that there's no intro like that like that's what gets me about green day man it's green day just, they don't fuck around dude like this era of green day, i should say they don't fuck mm-hmm. around they just jump right into it they don't need yeah. intros they don't need little drum rolls to get into it they don't need that boulevard of broken dreams intro they don't need that <laughs> stuff man they can just straight up go into that that iconic thing that i still sing to this day that do and then just go right into it when I was thinking today, I was thinking, how many times is Jeff going to do the joke today on the podcast? <laughs> That's and it. Took Not going to do it. Not it took an hour it. and 41 minutes for you to do it, and I'm shocked. It's in I my thought, notes. It's in my notes not to do it. I thought you were going to do it even before we started recording. <laughs> like, I cannot believe it took you that long. It's unbelievable. I'm holding back. Because if I do it on camera like this, then it's, it's going to lose its value. It's, it's better when... But you've, you've done it on the pod before. <laughs> But yeah, but, like, but, but nobody don't. really knows what it's from. Like nobody knows what's going on. Like it's better when it's just impromptu. It's better when we're at a bar and we're deciding on where to go next. And then I say, do you want to go to this other bar? But then I say it as in the Billy Joe fashion. Yeah. Yes, you do that. But damn, this you song is that. a banger. I don't even care how many times I hear it. This song is a fucking banger. Yeah, it never, ever, ever has gotten old for me. And I, I'm not a guy who likes intros where it starts with the vocals. And uh, just a palm muted guitar. I usually hate it. I think it's really cheesy and awful. But maybe it's nostalgia, but I feel like it works really well with this song. And and also, we got to give it up for Mike Dern with that that little that bass part. That, like he just has those two yeah. notes going into it. It's like, what the fuck were you thinking? It sounds so cheesy, but it, it works so well. <laughs> what? That's funny. It's because it's true. It's like, well, what the hell are you thinking, dude? <laughs> but it works so well. It adds so much character to the song, and just it just breaking into the rest of the the song. It's it's a fantastic song. But a couple other things too, like historically speaking, about this song that I've I've never know. I've I, I guess we've both heard this, but I never knew it until this week. Um, but another person ripped off this song. His name was Johan. Uh, Pachable, Pachable. He was an old like Baroque composer from the 1600s. He straight up ripped off this song in his song Canon in D. Like Did the, he really? the chord progression. Yeah, some guy from the 1600s took Green Day's song and fucking, fucking ripped dick. it off. And it irritates me because who the fuck is this guy? But you've heard Canon in D, right? That that song that I don't know that song. You do know that song. I'm, you do. I just told you I don't know that. Song. You do know that song. I'm gonna find it on Spotify real quick. But you're dumb. But that chord, well, that chord progression from that song from the 1600s, like ripped off basket case. Yes. And the more I looked into it, like so many people, so many bands, and like, and then once I I saw that they did it, 
And I was thinking in my head, like, holy shit, like, that's, that's totally true. Like, all these groups have done it. It's unbelievable. And I don't know if that's just like a, like a subconscious thing that Billy Joe did because him personally was definitely not like a, like a trained musician at all. If mm-hmm. anybody was, it would have been like Trey Cool. Yeah, he's... I mean, Billy Joe's a really good guitar player, actually. If you've actually heard him play, he's a Fantastic. solid guitar player. And, and Mike is a great bass player, too, but Trey really takes the cake. I feel like as being like a learned musician, he probably is the most learned. I'm going to play that song for you real quick. Ready? I was born ready, baby. You know this one? I have never heard it. It's like the graduation song. Oh, it is like the graduation song, huh? I mean, it, it, like this is that was a weird like harpsichord version of it, but it, like that that canon and D is the graduation song you 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 know and love. That's weird. And the chord progression of that is exactly the same as basket case minus the very last note in canon. So, it drops down, but in basket case, it goes up. So this fucker stole from not only Green Day but from Vitamin C as well. Yes, Vitamin C was one of them. Also, Bell and Sebastian, Oasis. There's tons of bands that what have also done head? it. I mean, also, there's also groups or people that have done it, but also uh, Coolio. Coolio is one. One of his songs I, is is um, a ripoff of Green Day. What a, what, a, what a piece of shit. Pet Shop Boys is another one. <laughs> and then one more thing is that, is that Basket Case, the only other thing, the only other time I've ever heard the term Basket Case outside of Green Day was the 80s movie Basket Case. Oh, yeah, a great movie. And so Basket Case is, is kind of Billy Joe's coming to terms with his, his own personal mental illness or his mental kind of disability or whatever you want to call it Yeah. at a time when nobody really cared and people just told you to tough up. And Billy Joe in that respect is kind of, it's kind of heroic, I guess. For, I can't think of oh, a better term than on. that. What, what else would you say? Like, he, like, he's like the front runner of mental illness. He, he came okay. out and said that he's, he'd been, he's been diagnosed with panic disorders. He's been kind of, I guess if you want to say weird, since like day one. He's bisexual. There are so many things that nowadays we, we take for granted almost as just being kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, get some help for that. It's not a big deal. If you want to go to therapy, nobody's going to look down on you. Nothing like that. But like in the early 90s when Billy Joe was doing it, this was still in the day where people didn't fucking care. Nobody cared. People That's thought you true. Just, people thought you were just being a wuss. I mean, it's true. People, no, you know you're, I mean? you're right. I was going to say something really mean, but no. Oh, you're say totally it. right. No. You're the producer. You can bleep it out. <laughs> Too much work. Too much work. I'd rather just not say it. But um, what was I? Oh, yeah. So Basket Case. Basket Case. I wonder if, if, uh, if Billy Joe saw that movie. Because Basket Case, the movie, is about two brothers, two, two twins, um, conjoined twins. And yeah. one was a normal person. And the other, per- the other brother was like this fucked up, like, it looked like Krang from the Ninja Turtles. So ugly. It was, it was so just disgusting. Ugly. And then the, uh, the, the, the normal brother would keep the weird brother in a little basket. And then that's kind of where the Basket Case came from. But I wonder if like, that's where Billy Joe got the inspiration from, from this, saying, like, I feel like that brother. Or he, or he has two different kind of personalities. He has the, the weird brother personality and like the normal person personality. And that's, I don't know, man. I just, it could be, or I he was could going just on. have a thesaurus. I mean, but where, where else it. have you ever heard the word basket case? That's what I'm saying. He could like just look up day. like, he could just look up like crazy in the thesaurus and see, oh, 
related words. Do you know what a thesaurus is? I do know what a thesaurus is. Do people of the pod know what a thesaurus is? Because thesauruses are very outdated nowadays. What's a synonym for thesaurus? Thesaurus. What's a thesaurus for a thesaurus? Get it? A synonym for the thesaurus? Uh, I, I get it. Okay. I get it. But prior to 1994, maybe <laughs> there was no basket case in the thesaurus. In the thesaurus. I'm sure there was. Come on. It's a, it, it's, a, it's a pretty common term, I'm sure. Only because of this song. Only because of this song and because of the movie, movie Basket Case. I'm, I mean, still to this day, I've never heard anybody use that in kind of any kind of conversation, Basket Case. Yeah, nobody really uses it. Headcase, anyway, maybe. Headcase is more common, definitely. All right, let, let, let's let's get into another song. We we got a lot to unpack here. Come on. There there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Okay. What is your what, what, what is your favorite song on this album? In the end, easily the best song on the album. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That was that in was quick. The end. That was wrong. It's it's top five Green Day. Okay, so I I was just kidding about the wrong part because I think the song is fantastic. <laughs> but top five Green Day, come on, guy. No this is, way. In the end, is top no five way. Green Day. Yes, it is. Get the fuck out of here. So I I think my favorite part of this song is like the first verse because this song is very fast, but the way Trey plays it, it almost he almost like slows it down with the beat, but the music just keeps going. It, it's very it's very weird to me. Like during the early verses, he almost seems like he's playing slower than the band is, and if you kind of like focus in on just him, the way he hits the bass and the snare back and forth it's just it's very weird and it, it, it puts him in the back and he's not in the front of, of like the sound and i don't know if i'm talking crazy here like no i know what you mean like like do you feel that too a little bit yeah absolutely let's play let's play a little bit of it and then we can kind of uh dissect it a little bit more so here it is in the end This song like takes the best out of the rest of the album, you know, and puts it all into one like two minute song. Yeah, I agree with it's that. really good. Like with that breakdown right there, it's a breakdown that would have been on like Welcome to Paradise, but faster and and more tight, you know. Yeah, I think that's why I like this. It, it's a great, it's a great. It's essentially a closer because FOD it is the last song, but it's like FOD just sounds so different from the rest of the record. So it's kind of like it's kind of like comparing it to like the Van Halen one record, how on fire the last song on that record was was like the band doing everything they do well 
in one song and doing it just like it's just chaos and that's kind of how this song is too it's almost like 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 operatic right like a lot of operas and things like that they sum up all of the music they've done prior yeah and then put it into this weird like overture or something and 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 recap everything they've done I mean, I guess you know more about operas than I do. Also, I similarly, really like in the Van- or the the Vandals uh, Christmas album, on one of the bonus tracks, it's that instrumental where they recap all of the songs they've done. <laughs> you remember what I'm talking about? I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's similar to that. But yeah, I, I agree. I think in the end, even being called in the end, um, I think it's a solid. It would have been a solid closer, but dude, I cannot. I can't discount FOD. That's well, not discounting it, but it's not like to me. I don't think it's an appropriate closer. So if for the record, if FOD was before in the end, and then still with the silence going to the nineties. Well, no, no, the and silence then go, would leading have to, into all by myself. That would be okay. All by myself should be after in the end. In the end should be the end. Yeah, should that's what be, I'm saying. I mean, so FOD in the end, silence, all by myself. Oh, okay, yeah. So you're agreeing with me, okay? Yeah, I, I, I think I, <laughs> I think that would be acceptable for me as well. Yeah, because in the end, I think it's is a is a damn banger. I think it's cool, dude. You had a, this really cool drum roll bridge part with a fantastic bass driven line. Like, what more do you fucking want? Like, what, what more could that, you possibly want? That breakdown. I love Mike's playing and that breakdown too. That dum ding dum dum bim. It's it's so kind of like I don't want to say squirrely, but it's um, it's man, it's it's just good. And his vocals are really good too, and just. How he, how the, all the music stops and he's still singing that note, so... and then it comes back in. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's my favorite lyrical part of the whole song. He's so yeah. <laughs> and he goes, that's yeah, that's good stuff. I, I never realized too how, because I've never looked into his lyrics, and I definitely won't look into the stupid lyrics on American Idiot when whenever we do that dumb record. Dead. But um, but it, on this album at least, his lyrics are very uh, personal. They're very. Uh, vul- vul- yes, vulnerable. Vul- vulnerable. Hard time saying that one. Yeah, but yeah, this one is about like him seeing his mom date other guys after his dad died, and just how kind of how it made him feel, and like how shitty some of those those guys were to his mom, and how he thinks less of it, less of his mom because of it. I it's pretty uh pretty intense, pretty sad. It is. It's it's really fucked up, and it's because his dad died when he was like ten. Mm-hmm. I was like some type of like throat cancer, I think. Mm-hmm. And so the rest of his life was just probably filled with a rotating door of of other men. Not to say that his mom's any kind of you know like like whore or anything, but no, like you you can't you can't raise a bunch of kids on your own without having to think about yourself and your own personal needs. But then as your kid, who's 10 years old at this point, and you, you're seeing other guys come in and out of your mom's life, no one's ever going to fill that void of your dad. And so you always see them as the enemy. as you, you always see them as a villain to begin with, no matter what. And it's up to that person to kind of change your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that absolutely. always, and that, sucks. that sucks for like everybody involved. That sucks for his mom, who probably didn't really do anything to deserve all this. And that sucks for Billy Joe, who had to see all this. Yeah, that sucks. I don't know their relationship now. I couldn't find anything about that. I actually looked at his relationship with his mom. I didn't really find anything about that. But um, I hope it's better. I hope it's better. Yeah, me too. 
Sad stuff. Sad stuff. All right. What, what's your what's the biggest banger for you on this album? My favorite song is Burnout. I, I think I I, that's my second favorite. I think Burnout is just like the first fucking light again with, with the lack of intro. But in Burnout, you get a little tiny, tiny bit of an intro, like a, like a grain of sand of an intro. Little tiny hi-hats, a super quick, super small little drum roll. And then it goes into, I declare I don't care no more. And the fact that Green Day came from like so snotty. 924 Gilman, and you know, the, the punk central United States, and everybody's so cool, and nobody sells out. And then Green Day were faced with this with this decision, right, to continue to be like this uh, this punk band and maybe release Dookie through their prior record label, or they can sign with the Reprise. Reprise. Reprise, and they can sign with Reprise. them. And uh, basically sell out because Reprise is owned by Warner. And so they can sell out and, and maybe possibly be like the biggest band of all time. And so they chose the latter. And the fact that his first line of this album is, is, is basically saying, I don't fucking care. That's good yeah. stuff, man. Like, you can't fucking beat that. Like, you, that's people hating like Green Day and, and then that, and that whole band on, on Green Day at one or at 924 Gilman for what, like two decades? Yeah, they were banned from playing. Like how fucking even going stupid, man! How dumb! Like I get it. I I get that you guys are like you guys are punk rockers, but when faced with money, when faced with uh, like a it solid goes against future, your ideals. it's just it, it's just so stupid though. Like anybody in their right mind would would think to themselves, given like a record contract that could support me, my family, my friends, make everybody happy, I could do good with this. Even though you are making these corporations richer. But you can also mm-hmm. make yourself bigger. Like, the, who the fuck is really going to say no continuously? Because Greeny had already said no to a fairly bigger record label contract. They've already mm-hmm. said no. It's I, I just don't understand how you can like fault a band for achieving their dreams, and it's very selfish and it's very stupid. That's the punk community, and though, it though. irritates it's, me. It's so tight knit. It's very selfish. Very easily, yeah, it's true. Very, very true. But, but yeah, burnout. That's my favorite. Besides, song. besides the that first line, the entire song is essentially about the punk scene and you know, kind of how they don't want to be lumped in with like the shittiness of the scene in a way. Like they, it, the song is straight up about everybody that's like saying "fuck you" to them. Like yeah. here we are, we're making great fucking music and we're making a shit ton of money, and you're still in the gutter, you know. It's a good fuck you song. It is. It's, it's, not, it's, it's a good. It's a good fuck you song. Yeah, it really is. So here's a little bit of a uh, burnout.
There you go. We just listened to the best part of that song. The drum nice. drum solo part. Like the whole it's podcast should so be just about this song. Like there's there's so <laughs> there's there's so much there's so much angst. There's so much fuck you in this song. It's ridiculous. Especially yeah. like so in, in the early to mid nineties, when you when, when you record like a radio single, you need that kind of intro. You need something to play while the DJ is still fucking talking, right? I'm mean, just mm-hmm. like coming to mind real quick is, is never mind or not never mind. Uh, it smells like Team Spirit by Nirvana when it's going that intro. DJs like love to fucking talk. Oh, this next fucking song is, is smells like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. You can't talk over this because the song has already started. So yeah, they need to shut their mouths and play the music. Because nobody wants to hear them talk. Nobody know? wants to hear them talk. But, As they listen to us talk. But that's how they prevent you know people from like recording things on the radio and distributing whatever they want to do. But the fact that they just signed on to a major label, their first song on a major label, their first fucking song just completely starts in with no intro, nothing. It's not radio friendly. That drum solo that Trey does, it's kind of like rushed. It's almost like sloppy, but it's tight. It's, it's, yeah. it's thought out. He has he, he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly where he's going, but to like anybody else, it just sounds like he's goofing, right? It just sounds like he's fucking around. Yeah, it really that does. Is, that is not radio friendly. And you know what I I think makes the that drum little solo better too is that it that solo is also like to me is like a fuck you to to the scene as well because it's like hey we got this amazing drummer right here, like we're gonna show you some of his chops. Here we go. Right. You know, it's like. It's like saying you guys all have shitty punk drummers while we have Trey Cool, like this solid fucking drummer who can play a bunch of different shit. Also not going into a guitar solo. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like the first song on their debut album, there's no guitar solo. It's it's a fucking drum. It's a a shitty drum solo. But at this but I mean at this time in music, you know, there were no like guitar solos weren't they hadn't been around for a couple of years. Nobody was really doing them anymore because grunge had taken over and then new metal had just started with Corn, so because Corn and and the Corn album, the first Corn album and Dookie came out the same year, so I mean uh, there was no guitar solos in sight. And That's then Kurt Cobain had too. just died, or Kurt, Kurt Cobain was just about to die, so I mean it was the end of Nirvana. Um, so yeah, it's just it's weird to think though, right? Like the first Corn album and then this album came out the same year. So different, so so different. different. But both bands like ushered in a new style of rock music true different styles of rock music but two wildly popular and influential styles of music and both are still making music yeah one much better than the other but i don't know who corn just say it you know corn's making better music (laughs) in the last in in the last 15 years they've been they've made more they've made better music than green days made american idiot was 2005 Four or five. Okay, so fifteen years. And yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you, maybe because Greeny's done one good album since American Idiot. That's the new. Corn's done every record is good, except for Serenity of Suffering, but that's fine. You're so dumb. Um, let's um, do you okay? So, do you have any okay songs on this album? No, not at all. I I have I have one that's I, I'm still kind of like on the edge of whether or not. I think it's okay, and I, but I, it's 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 when I come around. Ah, you've always like been just, fussy about that. Song. I know. There's just I I think it's very very heavy. It's it's slow. That guitar is like really 
easy to play and like kind of fun to play too. And it's weird because it's because Dern's little like his little like hammer ons that he does. Okay, like mm-hmm. that comes in. I think those are all solid. I think the melody is great. I just I don't know, man. There's just something about that song that just never really like resonated. Never clicked with me. Never never stuck with me. I would never like skip it if it's on the radio. I wouldn't change the station. I'd still mm-hmm. sing along. I know all the lyrics to it. But if I had to pick a like a least favorite song, it would definitely be that one. Like hands down, easy. See, not for me. For me, like if I don't want to say it, but like the one song that m- maybe I would not like on it would be "She." Oh, you fucking yeah. asshole! That's I don't know, man. It, it, that's even when I was a kid, that was the one song that I just was like, eh, it's whatever. I'd rather listen to "Welcome to Paradise" or something, you know? Damn. She has my favorite chorus on the entire album. That she, sc- that scream at me sounds. until my ears bleed. That that part good, is so part. fucking good. It's like I never even knew what he said until decades later. I just I always just like yeah me. You know what I mean? Like never never yeah exactly. Never knew what the fuck he said. And then just like like reading about how it's about like his ex girlfriend and at the time she was a feminist by like '90s standards where people think she was probably crazy and everything. She eventually dumped him and, and moved to like Ecuador. She dumped him after he wrote the song for her. <laughs> he wrote, he wrote the song based off of everything she said because he liked what she was talking about and he wanted to learn more. So he wrote the song about her and then he showed it to her and she hated it. And then she dumped him. And like he said, moved to Ecuador. So what? good. And like that, I mean, that, that chorus itself is just, it's an opposite from the soft verses, right? The whole, like she, like that soft spoken thing mm-hmm. he's doing, the chorus just comes in at the opposite and scream at me until my ears bleed. It's just so, it's so sarcastic. It's so antagonistic. It's so fucking rude, right? <laughs> it's just like, like talking to your significant other and just like just letting them know that you're gonna listen to whatever they say until your ears bleed, even though you think it's complete bullshit. It's such a fucking douchebag thing. I love it. Yeah, it's so good. It's so snotty. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you want me to play that song a little bit, or how far in until the chorus hits? Because I the the chorus is really what I would like people to. I, mean, I could, I could always fast forward it a little bit, right? You know. I mean, I have I have access to it, so you're. I, I don't know. I'm starting at like 20 seconds in. me to play it up and through that that screen right that was good yeah that part is cool but that song 
has definitely grown on me over the years too. It's so good. It's still it's still a solid staple in their shows too. Yeah, it, I think Billy Joe said this is his favorite song, and it, he he, he like requires it. that it's on every set list. It's so weird. And there was that 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 famous time that he played it naked. Did right? he really? Yeah, back in. I don't know, like the mid to late nineties. He played it naked at, at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> and I, I I always wondered why he played it naked. And so I, I was I was getting into some deep like Reddit threads and other articles and it said that Billy Joe was mad that at the last minute the promoters told him that this was supposed to be like an acoustic type show. Mm-hmm. And they weren't like the headliners. They were kind of co headlined with like Weezer and fucking Bon Jovi. And everybody had to share dressing rooms except for Bon Jovi. He, he had his own, the biggest. Yeah. And he was so pissed. And the crowd was like a mellow crowd because all the, all, the, all the sets were acoustic. And so he came out fucking naked and played this to get the crowd all riled up. And he was spitting on everybody. And he was just, he was doing Billy Joe, man. Oh, he's so punk rock. Which I, I mean, I definitely want to get into the Woodstock thing too because that, that was pivotal in Green Day's success. Pivotal. Yeah, it was. It really was. Yeah, so I, I think I think the Woodstock incident was pivotal for the band. I think what happened there made them, mm-hmm. but it could have easily broken them. But because Billy Joe is amazing, it made them. So for those he people was that, amazing. For those that don't know, the Woodstock event it was it was Woodstock ninety four, like the twenty fifth anniversary of Woodstock. Uh Green Day was playing up there. And it was really shitty weather, so there was mud everywhere, and all these people came out to see Green Day, and there was just mud, and I'm sure somebody made a mud ball and threw it, and you know it escalated to some mud being thrown on stage, and instead of being of like a Les Claypool and and getting mad at people throwing mud on stage, he was uh, he was Billy Joe, and he says, you know what, fuck it, dude, but let's have a mud. But fight. Les Les Claypool wasn't mad. He said at the end of the performance of them playing My Name is Mud, he's like, I should have expected this. Like, he wasn't mad. He he made light of it. So, come he on, was don't, mad. Don't be, he was mad. Don't be mean to Les Claypool. He was please. mad. He's a good guy. I'm sure, he's, I'm I, sure he's a great guy. I hung out with him last week. He's, he's a cool dude. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. So just, you know, stay in your lane. Yeah. <laughs> So there's a there's a there's a video on YouTube of like their 35 minute set. I actually watched it this week too. I only watched it because I wanted to watch like the mud fight, but I ended up like rewinding and watching the whole thing. It, dude, it's such a good fucking show. It's such it's really a, good. It's a perfect set. Yeah. And the way Billy Joe handles like the mud slinging was, I don't fucking care, man. Like if you want to throw mud, throw mud. We're gonna keep playing. It doesn't really happen too much until like 20 minutes into their set. Yeah. But once it starts. It just it's gets worse chaos. and worse yeah. and worse. We're talking, and they, there's and like dozens of people of coming on stage. Yeah. At some point, he pulls down his pants, and he like <laughs> moons everybody and like throws mud out of his butt and make it look like he's pooping in things. And <laughs> like There's just so many things going on in here. And at some point, like Mike Dern, like after the set was over, Mike Dern got mistaken for somebody who's jumping on stage and was tackled and knocked out a couple of his teeth. Oh, that's great! And really pissed him off, and like that's like that kind of chaos is just is just is absolutely perfect, and and Billy Joe really handled it perfectly. And at some point in the in the show too, you can watch the video. Some little kid, maybe not even like ten, maybe 
maybe like 10 or 11, jumps on stage. Billy Joe grabs him, brings him over to the mic, and then gives him the mic and tells him to sing the the fight for your right to party line. <laughs> and then the kid like runs off stage all excited and he high fives him and the Billy Joe's, hey, future fucking idiot. And this is like that that was like that was like that was the point where he won the crowd over. And at the very end, he said, Hey, if you want us to stop playing, because they were they were well, they were they were done playing. It got to mm-hmm. the point where the last ten minutes of the show was just Mike Dern and Trey Cool doing this kind of like jazzy diddly with each other. And Mike yeah. Dern eventually lays on the stage and just plays like laying down and he's just keep playing the bass line. And Billy just says, Hey, if you want us to stop playing, then at the count of three, say shut the fuck up. And so he says, one, two, three. And of course, everybody in unison says, shut the fuck up. So they stop playing. And then, and then like seconds after that, the entire crowd is chanting, green day, green day, green day. <laughs> Done. That's great. That's it. From he knows on, how to dude. command a crowd. I mean, he, he is a great frontman. I, he's fantastic. And it's crazy, right? It's, it's crazy. Like we talk about these great frontmans of all time, like David Lee Roth, like, like Billy Joe Armstrong can command a crowd of thousands, mm-hmm. tens yeah. of thousands. He can command a crowd all on his own. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. He can make the crowd do whatever the fuck he wants. He's an unbelievable front man. And we don't, we don't talk about him that much in like the realm of, of like greatest front mans of all time. And I, I don't know why. Maybe. Well, I'll tell you why. Go I'll tell it. you why right Go now. Ahead. It's because in 2004, they made an album called American Idiot. Oh, dude, he's such a and butt wipe. Everything since then has just been mediocre to okay, or just mediocre. Come on, you ha- you know it's He's true. That's why we don't wipe. talk about Get him. Get out of here! But you know that's why we don't talk about him that much because everything they've done after post warning has just not been that great. It's also that's fun to it know. Is. It's also fun to know You're that dumb. after this don't, Wood you, after uh, this Woodstock incident, no. their their album sales from Dookie jumped from like the the the, the mid teens to like number four in sales. So like this Woodstock incident again would have either made them or broke them. And in this case, because Billy Joe is amazing, it fucking made them. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. if you watch, dude, if you, if you watch the video, you see that stage, it is like literally covered in mud. Yeah. It's, the stage it's is supposed to be white, but it is entirely covered in mud. It is insane how much mud was thrown at them. It's and very surprising s- that they didn't shut the show down. Or I, shut I, they that, couldn't that set down. They couldn't. So many people love this. It was so great. People love this shit. And there's people constantly jumping on stage. At one point, some guy like grabs Billy Joe by like this his collar, kind of like trying to like hug him. But because the guy's running, it like tore Billy Joe off from the microphone as he was singing. And he kept playing, and he was like laughing, and got back on the mic, and just kept playing. And he didn't fucking care. Yeah, like it was the most punk thing that they've done, but in kind of like a sellout. In the area. most like corporate way, they yeah, could, you know, yeah. <clears throat> you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Damn, when you're right. You're right. When I'm right, I'm right. When you're right, you're right. When All right. I'm let's right, get back I'm to right. Dookie then. Uh, what What else do we got banger wise? What, what do you want to talk about next? Or should I choose a song? What do you think? Yeah, choose a song. We we did we did burnout. Just go ahead. Let's hey, let's get into Welcome to Paradise. Oh, okay. What do you? Why do you sound disappointed? So, uh, I mean, if, if anybody listens to this podcast, everybody knows that I don't like when bands re-release oh, a song. So I don't dumb. like it. It's cheesy. So it's dumb. cheap. It's 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 sad. It's it's just dumb. It's just dumb. 
Oh, you're but they ridiculous. get away with it because this song is so fucking good. It is. It's fantastic. It's a fantastic <laughs> song. But it still irritates me that it's from Kerplunk. But it's better than the version from Kerplunk. Barely. No, it totally is. I mean, this song, I've heard this song probably more than any song on this record. And it it's one of those things that never gets old. I'm never tired of it. I love the guitar riff. I love the way the drums come in. Uh, the breakdown is great. It's just... It's a perfect song, absolutely perfect. Everyone sounds great on it. Have and uh, I don't know. Should I we agree. just play it? Yeah, let's play it. Fuck, man, I'll do whatever I want. So okay. here's a uh, "Welcome to Paradise" from Green Day. that <laughs> i love that drum part it's so good ah, they all sound so wonderful on this song good job good job green day good job green day <laughs> uh so this is the first one that was produced by uh, rob cavallo who's pretty much worked with them ever since and uh and he's worked with so many big name acts but i feel like green day was the only one that that was still like truly credible like nobody dislikes green day until like american idiot you know so now you're just being stupid <laughs> i know now you're, just, now you're just being dumb i know but, but but you know what i mean like he's they're the one they're one of those bands that just like nobody really truly dislikes there's always something there that somebody likes yeah and it, it's crazy that rob cavallo has worked with so many people and this is the only band that has worked with um also it, jerry finn makes this record yeah, the legendary that, that, Jerry Finn. Like two iconic people. Like okay, so going back to Rob Cavallo, the guy's won a Grammy, he's won an Oscar, and he's won a Golden Globe. Trifecta. That's unbelievable for for mm-hmm. somebody that you've never heard of, for somebody that you have no fucking idea who he is. But yeah, you're right. He's worked with like some pretty iconic like pop punk bands and and albums over there, Goo Goo Dolls and Paramore and the Black Parade from My Chemical Romance. But like Green Day is, is is the staple. Green Green Day has been his bread and butter forever, yeah. and they trust him enough to continue that relationship, which is great, which is awesome. 
And I think that's why Green Day has always been successful is because they have their core members as well as like a core management type of person, like their producer. Yeah. They have somebody they always work with and they know it works and they grow together. Yeah. And you know what's really cool too about this record is that they recorded it all of it in three weeks. They had all the stuff written, but it was all recorded in three weeks. I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening on this record and to do it all in that short amount of time, that's, that's crazy. And to get this kind of sound and tone and I guess like they, they, they recorded it. And then when they mixed it initially, they didn't like the the mix. So then it was remixed by Jerry Finn and they, apparently they wanted more of what they called like a dry sound. So something that sounded like, the early Black Sabbath records or what was there's another one that they referenced too, but I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah. So, so I wonder how, what that original mix sounded like, how different it would have sounded for them to, to throw it away and, and all that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty I, cool I feel like it probably would have sounded similar to like 39 smooth. No, no, come on. It would have sounded nothing like Kerplunk or 39. 39 smooth. There's just nothing there's there's nothing there there's no there's no meat on those bones whereas here like there's you got this fat pig here but in 39 smooth it's just it's just a it's an emaciated like cow it's just it's gross to look at still there (laughs) but there ain't but there's not much there ah all right but you mentioned black sabbath do you want to get into the album artwork yeah, let's get into it. What do we got? I mean, be, I mean, arguably, this is like for me, this is the second most iconic album art of the '90s, only behind Nevermind Nirvana. from Nirvana. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, you I, can't top that. I think this would be in the top three. I think maybe a third might be Corn's "Follow the Leader." Now you're now you're just being like, no, no, I'm not. No, here. I'm not. I'm not. I think that that record really kind of really shows that genre of music and. You know that was an iconic record. Like that, that that album sold a lot, and that was very, very popular. They were corn was everywhere at that time, just like Green Day were in '94. You know it, and I feel like that, especially who the people who created the artwork for that corn album was were the guy, people who do who did Spawn. So it's like they had these legendary artists do their record cover or their album cover. But that was like late '90s already. It was '98. That's late nineties. Four years later, it was four years later. Four year, a lot can happen in uh, four uh, years. Well, almost, obviously. almost five children can be born in five, four years. I know. Anyway, anyway, let's continue with this artwork. But this artwork, right? So this artwork was done by this guy named Richie Bouchard. He's a local mm-hmm. Bay Area artist and musician. But this album artwork shows like their immature and fun side. And I almost think it's like low key under the radar of the major record label. I feel like had the record label known kind of what was going to go on on this album artwork, they may not have allowed it. I don't think so either because it's so it's, it's, it's a cartoon. So it's, you know, it's seemingly fun, seemingly dumb, kind of in the vein of like a where's Waldo picture, right? There's a lot, there's a lot to look at. There's a lot of things going on. Um, just some things that I, I was reading about, uh, the artwork features kind of like nods to big time artists like Black Sabbath. There's that on their debut album, there's that Mona Lisa esque figure standing yeah. there, whatever the fuck that weird looking thing yeah, is. I, don't, I always thought of it as like a, like a creepy priest or something like that. It's so bizarre. Yeah. And then the the Ramones, there's also like a reference to the Ramones, but it's also got like specific Bay Area 
scene references, right? So a couple of things that, that I was that I read that I thought was kind of interesting was there was a guy that used to go to all the Green Day shows. I think his name was Murray or something. And he was always taking pictures. And that guy's in there. He's like in there taking pictures. He's got the beard. He looks just like him. It's the same really? guy. Yeah. Huh. It's okay. fucking great. And the whole like twisted dog sisters graffiti thing, that was like mm-hmm. two girls that they knew from Berkeley. There wasn't a whole lot of information on the two girls. I assume probably because they're all married and have lives now. They didn't want to go in depth about these two girls from Berkeley, but that's really crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just there's just like so many things going on, and this artwork is so cool, and it's still bringing me like new knowledge, even yeah. though it's fucking a million years old. I remember just when I was a kid, when I got this album, I would just stare at it and just look at look at everything and just think it was funny and just weird and creepy at times. I don't know. It, it's that's a wild, wild. And very busy um, album cover for sure. Very busy. Yeah. Busy. One of the one of the greatest album covers, I would say though. Definitely up there. Yeah, man, I can't of really... all time. Oh. Yeah, of all time. I mean, what? Name uh, like a. I mean, all the top of my head, I don't know if I can think of like anything super crazy. Yeah, especially one in, of like, the coolest. Especially in today's time when we don't, I don't put on a record. I I put on Spotify, so I don't really see album covers too often. Yeah, so it's it's difficult. But all I mean, you do is make playlists because it's true. so much fun. That's all I do. <laughs> but again, like like never mind is is like the most iconic for me in my head that will live on 90s. forever. I think yeah. forever. Like just it's so it's, that and like the Guns N' Roses Appetite album. I mean, you you know that symbol, but this just thinking of. The day we live in now, Guns N' Roses could still release that and it'd be okay. If anybody released an album nowadays with a naked child swimming through a pool with his wiener hanging out nowadays, yeah. that is so problematic. That is so that is so against who we are as a society that it's it's disgusting. Yeah. And that's what that's what that's what puts that album cover into like the top five of all time. Yeah, for the for how controversial it is. Absolutely, but it wasn't that bad back then as it was as it as no. it would be now because everybody because society is more sensitive now than they were thirty years ago. Yeah, let's play another song. Should we get into Longview? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into Longview. All right. I mean, because this did have a music video. Um, some fun little facts about the music video was that this is where they actually lived and this is where they actually played. This is where they practiced. So where you see them performing is actually literally where they practiced, and. Um, I read something where Trey Cool said that they they had a snake that lived in the walls and they named it Athena and it would just eat the the mice and the rats in the walls. So they were rat free in the house. But Nice. Yeah. So let's just let's play a little bit of, of Longview and that iconic baseline.
There you go. Long view. The song about laziness, masturbation. Laziness and masturbation. You know, I so I was I was reading more into like the lyrics here this week, not realizing realizing that Billy Joe was a little bit deeper than we had thought. Mm-hmm. And even though like the most iconic probably line lyric word from this whole album is that masturbations lost that that part. Yeah. Billy Joe has said like recently not recently, but like forever that the song was just about him being so fucking lonely and so like disconnected with everybody else, his family and everything that that's what the song was about. And it's just being like alone, like how sad, just how mm-hmm. depressing and, and pathetic. It really is conveyed in the song too, the way he sings the verses. And then the choruses are a bit more angry and angsty and stuff too. It shows. But damn, dude, like that, that baseline going with the drum is, that's gotta be like etched in like rock history. <laughs> it's yeah, so good. It is. And from what I read too, uh, Mike, had actually written that bass line when he was all fucked up on LSD. And what we hear on the record is not what he, wasn't the the full thing of what he wrote. It's just what him and Billy remembered him writing. So it's just, it was based all based off of an LSD trip. That's so that awesome. was so weird. It's, yeah, but, it's so cool. But cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I didn't know this either, but the, the, the title of the song came from when they first played, this song ever and it was in the city of longview in washington yeah so they so had, weird. yeah they had written it prior to that just i guess hadn't named it yet and that's where they deb- debuted the song was in longview washington for whatever reason maybe the crowd liked it but that's what they decided to name it as it's bizarre to me there's a street yeah. in fullerton that we used to run along remember our track that we used to run along oh, in fullerton yeah. through the hills there's a street over there named longview and that, that's i don't know why but i always remember they were exactly where that street is where it leads to where it starts what it looks like just because of the green day song significant significant other what i like about the um the the song prior to this is chump and like the last 45 seconds or so of that song is is an instrumental and it's just it's a perfect lead up into into Longview, like the way it bleeds into Longview, it's it's so seamless and it's like the perfect transition. And nobody ever talks about that. That's weird, right? Like the brain's so too weird. jaded thing. No one like they never play Chump into Longview. Never. And Chump is a great song. Too. It is a good song, and I don't it's so fucking. Good. I don't understand why they wouldn't do that because like on the so being like radio friendly, Chump starts off as a song, leads into that transition, which is like a minute long. That's yeah. a perfect time to kind of like tone down and then you can talk as a DJ. Oh, you fucking talk. You could talk over that transition part, put it back up and then go into Longview. I don't understand. I think lyrically too, the the two kind of go hand in hand because like in Chump, he kind of talks about how, for what I get from it, he talks about like how much he's already thinking about how much he's going to hate his, his next ex-girlfriend or his next girlfriend. And even though he hasn't even met her yet, he just knows he's going to end up hating her. And I feel like that that's like a good like precursor to what he talks about in Longview and about how lonely and, and all that kind of stuff is like, no matter what he does, he's just, he's always lonely and he just, he ruins everything for himself. <laughs> and I, I felt like that, that is the, the, that one, two punch right there is, is perfect. I love it. I don't I'm sure it was intentional, but nobody ever talks about any of that stuff. Yeah. Nobody talks about Chump because Chump is such like a, a deep cut. And it's often overlooked because, you know, what follows it is Longview and then Welcome to Paradise. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, it's easy to forget that song, which sucks. 
but I, I mean that's the problem when you have an album with with you know Bassy Case, Longview, and Welcome to Paradise. Like yeah. there's such they're beyond they're double B's. They're beyond bangers. And when I come around too, that was a huge hit too. Unfortunately, yeah. Regardless of what you think about it, it was a huge hit. I, that, I mean, that to me is, is so weird. There's so many other songs on here that could have been, that are better than that. But oh yeah, definitely. don't get the recognition. Well, um, let's talk about. I think we should talk about one more song, and then wrap it up. And I'm thinking of FOD, and then all by myself. Yeah. So FOD just stands for fuck off and die. Fuck um, off and die. Another great way to end the album. Uh, but then, yeah, it starts off acoustically, very, very soft. And then it just like explodes into this song. Like, what is it, like a minute and 20 seconds in? Something yeah. Like that? Yeah, it's it's a great song. And, you know, it's kind of like from the point of view who's just of somebody who's just fed up with everybody around him. And he just tells them how he feels about them and just tells them to fuck off and die, essentially. It's a pretty straightforward song. But like the way he plays the acoustic part, he's not playing like chords he's playing the power chords and so it, it's giving that that kind of like that punker sense where i i don't care to learn the actual chords of this i'm just going to play the power chords so you can hear the other three of the strings that he's not hitting you can hear those being muffled you can hear these kind of like uh these these weird little bad nuances to the song it's very i guess to to do like a like a gilman term it's very diy it's very punk it's very basic but then it goes into the hard part the hard structure and the way he plays the chords and then sings at the same time if you if you've ever like played on the guitar it's very difficult to do and i don't understand like how he how he's like able to to play that and then still sing at the same time it's very very difficult yeah i give him that he he deserves mad props. He was he is a great guitar player, underrated guitar player. He is. He solos. He does everything. He's fantastic he guitar player. But you hate solos. I do. <laughs> All right, and then you know, so we get that, and then there there's silence. At least on the CD, there's silence, and then you get this weird acoustic guitar coming in. You're like, what the fuck is going on? And then this guy guy with a really weird voice starts talking or singing, and it's super bizarre. And that's all by myself. And I remember as a kid, I thought this song was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Until like I got, I got into Blink, I thought this was like the funniest thing ever in music. You know, the, it's just so stupid. I mean, did you but like? Is, did you know right off the bat that that was not like Billy Joe? I thought it was Billy Joe for years. So did I. Like, like just years I just, and years yeah. and years. It's never new. I just assumed it was, but let's play a little bit of all by myself. I was alone I was all by myself no one was looking I was thinking of you Oh yeah, did I mention I was all by myself All by myself 
You could hear them like people laughing in the background. So and then you good. You're the toward the end, <laughs> and then the pop. It's so dumb, man. What were they thinking? I I don't know. I never knew what they they were thinking. Okay. I don't either. All right, let's give our final thoughts on this. Unless you want to talk about another song, it's up to you. But what do you want to do? Green Day has increased in popularity. Like every single year, they've released an album up until probably American Idiot, maybe 21st Century Breakdown. Mm-hmm. Like every year they got, they've like doubled in like the blob. They've like doubled in size of their popularity, but they've never, they've never not known how to handle it. Right. They've, mm-hmm. they've always been a band to perfectly handle their success in a way that benefits their, themselves, you know, obviously because they want to make money and also their fans. Like they've never been shitty to their fans. They've never done anything to their fans to piss them off. They're always, they put on a fantastic show. Ever since we saw them in like writing in Vans with Boys era, like everything they've ever done has always been just above the top, but always fun. Like they're just a fun band. And I guarantee if you saw them even today, it would would still be the same. Yeah. Like even if they just play all shit music, you would still have a good time. Yeah, I'm sure. And I think I think that's something that's at least something to note of this band because not not a lot of bands can handle that kind of pressure and not a lot of bands can handle that and the fact that they've been to get like a three piece for that long, I mean that's mm-hmm. that's that's something else to it's note. It's impressive. It is it's very impressive. Unbelievable. Not even, not even Blink could do that. You know, thirty plus years. Yeah. Yep. 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 All right. So, fucking Dookie, man. Fucking Dookie. What? A, what? What an album. <sighs> I, I'll give my final thought first, I guess, unless that was your final thought. I mean, that was that was pretty much my final thought without okay. my ranking. But go ahead. I'll, I mean, no, I'll give your ranking. Give your ranking, and then, then I'll give it. My... I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a three. I'm gonna, oh just, I'm gonna just give it a perfect score. <laughs> you could not give Van Halen a perfect score, but you can give this a perfect score. I'll give it a perfect score. You're fucking nuts. You're fucking nuts. Oh man, this is um, this is what got me into rock music. This is the first CD I ever owned. This is the CD. This is what got me into music in general. Um, and I followed them ever since for better or for worse. I have, I've bitched about them a lot, especially on this episode, but not this album. I cannot bitch about this album because this album is, uh, it's a perfect three out of three. It's a, it, there's nothing wrong with this rock, this album, everything about it, the production, the, the songwriting, the, the playing, the, it's just, it's flawless. Absolutely flawless. Iconic. Very, very iconic. So there you go. That was, that was quite a doozy, Jeff. Quite a fucking. That was doozy quite a doozy. On Asinine Radio, um, this is uh, this is the greatest music podcast you'll ever hear in your entire life. So thank you for sticking around this long. If you have, uh, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And 
Is that it? Is that all, Jeff? Yeah, that's that's it. That's all. That's all I got. All right, me too. This uh, my my number twelve. It's probably gonna piss a lot of people off. It's probably gonna piss you off, dude. If you say fucking American idiot, I'm done with you. It's really gonna make you mad, but it's uh, it's Dookie. What? No, that's that's false. It's I American know. idiot. It, it totally is false. You you got me for a second there. Like my <laughs> heart know. my heart literally dropped. Like I felt like my heart go into my stomach, and my mind was going a mile a minute uh. trying to process. Like, wait, does he really think that? <laughs> Did I miss something? Oh, the silence was so good. <laughs> that silence was perfect. Oh, I think you're gonna say American idiot. <laughs> no, you're, you're gonna be so mad at some of my 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 more yeah, higher you're, idiot. you're already dumb. <laughs> Uno, perfect matchup of fifties like music and like the surf and the rockabilly thing with punk rock. Absolutely fantastic. Great stuff. <laughs> he said that like like I, I need a drink before I just lay into this fucking guy. <laughs> that's that's what that sip sounded like. <laughs> so number six for me is Kerplunk. That low, huh? Why yeah. is American idiot so high for you? I swear to God, what is wrong with you? <laughs> what is wrong with you? I can't believe that they've changed this much. But number five for me is shenanigans. We, we're not putting shenanigans in there. Oh, well, I know. I'm just kidding. It's not my number five. But if I, if I had to put it somewhere in this You're list, you such a butt, dude. If I had to put Shenanigans somewhere, which I think we should have added it. No, um, it's not an album. Platymus, Platymus Rex, Platymus. Platymus. Platymus Platymus Platymus. 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 <laughs> and so he's, oh yeah people always say you look like uh, what's the guy's name from uh, oh Vladimir Putin even when I went to camp and then my counselors were playing those songs as a 7, 8 year old I knew all the words and they were very impressed and we went out drinking afterwards but, um, <laughs> there you go if that's what your like question it. was that, that 20 was minute, my question 20 minutes ago <laughs> it wasn't that all right. You're such an idiot. You're so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> oh man, your theatrics remind me of like Ryan. This is some shit Ryan does. You're dude. Oh man. Oh my god. Take your sip. Yeah, there it is. Take your sip. Well, that's good. I'm not growing up. I'm just burning now.